Hey, Trademark, good to see you. Miss you guys so much. Hey, before we dive in here, I have some great news. The church is getting ready to reopen. We have a date. I'm going to let Pastor Dave give you all the details so that uh, I don't miss anything. But I want to direct your attention to our website, mcathechurch.com, where you can get our full announcement of reopening and uh, all the different things that you should be aware of for how we're going to handle that, dates, everything else. Keep your eyes peeled for our Instagram as well, MC of the Church. You can follow us if you don't already, where you can get all the updates about how that's going to work. I miss being together with everyone on Sunday mornings, and I can't wait for this to happen. I'm so excited. I'm filled with anticipation. So many good things going on. So make sure you tune into mcthechurch.com. Follow MC of the Church on Instagram and keep aware of all the different updates and stuff coming out because it's good things going on. So make sure you check that out. Well, hey, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Acts. We're going to be in chapter 28 today as we finish out our series, Unstoppable. I can't believe it's already this far in. We're already at the end of the series. It seems like we just started, and we've kind of come full circle. We preached the first of these quarantine sermons in the living room, and now at the end of our series, Unstoppable, I'm back in the living room because Paul is on house arrest. And so I just want to simulate this feeling of house arrest for you guys. And uh, so that's why we're here in a different location. Hey, if you don't have your Bible yet, you can pause the video as always. No one's going to know. Grab that. Grab notebook, pen, paper. Get ready to engage with God's Word. Hope that you are really delving into these messages and grabbing all you can get out of them. The, the Bible is good. There's some rich, deep stuff. So get ready and let's dive into Acts chapter 28. Acts 28 picks up the story of Paul, and uh, we've, we've been tracing now throughout the back half of Acts, we've, we've missed several chapters, about 22 chapters, I'm sorry, 12 chapters, bad math today, about 12 chapters that we have gone through in the last week, and, and we've just kind of, we, we, we've passed all those, so if you want to get a picture of the life of Paul and his ministry, you can read Acts chapter 16 all the way through 28, and you'll get some stories about what Paul is doing. I'll summarize it for you briefly. Paul goes on missionary journeys throughout the world. He goes to different cities, preaches the gospel, plants churches. God does incredible things. Last week, we talked about this cycle that seems to show up in the life of Paul, that he shows up in a town. God does good things. He's faithful to preach the word. He's, he's faithful to, to live according to that culture and, and to live lead people to Jesus, and then opposition comes, persecution comes, people uh, oppose the message of Jesus, mostly the Jewish people oppose what they view as a cult of Judaism, they, they view this as a corruption of Jewish teaching, and they oppose Paul, they beat him, they stone him, they attempt to kill him again and again and again, and so Paul is on the run for his life, from town to town, he goes all through different cities, preaching the gospel, and yet Paul just doesn't give up. 
even in the face of intense opposition, even in the middle of all this pushback, he keeps going, he keeps pressing on, pressing through, through difficult circumstances. He is not going to give up his mission and his message. And and last week, I encouraged you to, to take that pattern on in your own life, that regardless of what opposition comes against you, regardless of what pushback you may face at home or with your friends or in whatever community you find yourself in, continue to preach the gospel and trust God to work great results. We've seen Paul do this, and now he is on his way to prison. He's been arrested for his faith. He's been arrested for his preaching. The the Jewish people have put him on trial. He stood before kings and rulers and has carried the gospel to some of the highest levels of Roman society. We've seen that God is orchestrating all these things and, and that even in the middle of what seems like intense tragedy and suffering, God's hand is working to bring the gospel to the highest levels of power and, and into the lowest and most common areas of the people. We've seen God working. And, and now we find Paul on house arrest in Acts chapter 28. So let's pick it up and, and read the end of the chapter in Acts 28, verse 23. Paul is on trial and, and they've appointed a day for him to go before Caesar and stand trial for the faith. He's appealed to see the highest authority in all of Rome. And now he wants to preach the gospel to Caesar himself. Let's pick it up in Acts chapter 28, verse 23. It says, When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. This is the end of Acts 28. And if you're like me, you've read through the book of Acts and you get to chapter 28 and you're a little disappointed. Because I'm reading this and I'm waiting for Paul to go on trial before Caesar. See, he's had two previous trials before governors. He sat before a governor. He sat before a king. And it only seems right, we like to think in threes, that the third person he would sit before is Caesar. That he would proclaim the message to Caesar's household. And that Caesar would be saved. This is what we would expect. This is what I anticipate when I read Acts 28. And I get to the end and I'm kind of left on a dull moment. I don't know if you've ever read a book and you get to the end and it's just really not satisfying. There wasn't a cliffhanger. They, they didn't really wrap everything up. It just seemed like the author ran out of things to say and so he stopped writing. And if we're not careful, this is the impression we can get of Acts 28, that Luke ran out of material. He got bored with the story and said, well, eh, you all know what happens next. Paul's going to die eventually. He's not alive now. So yeah, the end, end of story. And, and I'm left a little disappointed. I, I'm left wanting more. I'm left looking and saying, well, what, what happened to Paul? We've been following his life. 
we've heard about his journeys. We, we, we don't get a story of the message like going forth and doing its work. We don't get a story of him before Caesar. We don't even get a story of his execution. We, we don't get anything. We, we don't get any information. And, and I think that this is key. And, and I think Luke does this on purpose, right? Luke is a smart author. He, he's not lazy. He, he doesn't just run out of material. He, he didn't suddenly forget the message. Instead, I think Luke is purposely crafting a message, and he's trying to tell us the point was never about Paul. The, the point of Acts is not the life of Paul. The point is his mission. The, the point is what Paul is preaching and proclaiming, the kingdom of God, teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. The point of Acts is the gospel of God going forth into all the earth. And Luke's point is, who cares about Paul? What matters is the message of Jesus. What matters is the message of Jesus going from Jerusalem, going into Judea, going into Samaria, going into the surrounding nations, going to the ends of the earth. We, we set this up in week one of this series, Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This was Luke's thesis statement for the book. And when we get to the end, we've seen that this has happened. Paul has given the message in Jerusalem. He's given the message in Judea. He, the, the message of the gospel has been carried to the Samaritans, and it's been carried by Paul to the ends of the earth, all throughout Asia, all throughout the world. People have heard this message, and they've believed. The message is the mission. The message is the mission. We don't care about Paul's mission because Paul's mission was never the real mission. The message is is the mission. And so I want to encourage you today watching this, the message is still the mission. The same message that Paul preached or proclaimed is the same mission that we have to carry on with our lives. And, and now you and I have the same mission that Paul did to carry the gospel of God, that, that God, that, that Jesus is the exalted saving king of the earth. And we are to expand the message of his rule. We're to expand his rule and his kingdom into every facet of society, into the whole world, until the earth is filled with the knowledge of the fullness of God, until the earth is filled with the fullness of the glory of God. We carry on this mission. We carry on this message. The message is the mission. What I find interesting here is that Paul is on house arrest, when all this is happening. He is under guard. He's imprisoned within his own house. I'm sure that you can relate to, to how this feels, to be imprisoned within your own house, to be imprisoned with your family members, to feel like, man, I can't go out at all unless it's for the most boring of things. And, and what I found is that in quarantine, I'm finding excuses to get out of the house. I'm taking the dog on more walks than I ever took before just because I'm tired of being at home. I find myself going to the store for mundane reasons just because I need to get out and, yeah, I guess I'll buy another loaf of bread. And so we see Paul in this same thing. He's on house arrest. He's, he's cooped up in his own house. But, but instead of spending his time binging Netflix and reading the, the latest young adult novel, instead, he, he, again, his message is his mission. And so even on house arrest, he's going to take the opportunity to proclaim the gospel to, to the people in the house with him. And in Paul's letters, we're told in, in various places that the household of Caesar 
sends a greeting. We're, we're told that all the Roman guard has heard the message. This, this comes up in, in different epistles, in Romans and Philippians and Colossians. As we read Paul's letters, we read into the, the salutation at the beginning, we read into the closing at the end, and we see that Paul was not lazy on house arrest. Paul was not spending his time watching Netflix and YouTube and TikTok. Paul was spending his time preaching. I wonder what it was like to be a guard in the house of Paul. To, to, to have Paul chained to you all day long. It, it's almost like Paul takes up this, this sort of mantra, I'm not chained to you, you're chained to me. You gotta be here. And, and he begins to preach the message to these Roman guards. The, the, the Roman guard chained him in his house. He's not chained to, the, the guard is chained to him. And, and now he uses this opportunity to say, hey, I'm gonna preach the gospel to you. You have to be here, I have to be here. And so I'm gonna make the most of this moment and I'm gonna preach the message of Jesus to you. And I wanna encourage you, your family members, you're not chained to them, they're chained to you. Your classmates, you're not chained to them, they're chained to you. You have a tremendous opportunity to live on mission for Jesus in this day. Don't waste it. Your family members, you have a tremendous opportunity to carry the witness of who God is to them, to, to love them the way that Jesus would love them, to, to, to exemplify self-sacrifice, to die to yourself, to, 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 to honor your parents, to respect your siblings. And you have this incredible opportunity. You're not chained to them. They're chained to you. Do you have unbelieving family members? Use this opportunity to preach the gospel. They can't get away from you. They can only take so many naps and showers. They, they, they can only go into the other room so often. At some point in time, you'll have an opportunity. And when that opportunity comes, take it. Have that conversation. Share Christ with your unbelieving loved ones. Don't waste it. The message is your mission, even in quarantine, even in house arrest. Be like Paul. Be faithful to carry this message. In the end of this chapter... Acts 28, verse 31, we're told that the gospel is proclaimed without hindrance. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance, which is funny to me because he's on house arrest. And if you've read the story of Acts, you'll know that Paul has never once preached the gospel without hindrance, that every time Paul opens his mouth, there is opposition there's something coming up against him. And here's the principle that I find. The gospel is most free when it is most opposed. The gospel is most free when it's most opposed. When there's opposition coming up the message of the kingdom of Jesus, that's when the gospel flourishes. And so in time when the church is experiencing globally persecution, the gospel is thriving in countries like China. The gospel is thriving in, in the Middle East. The gospel is thriving in places where it is opposed. And, and where the gospel is not opposed, frankly, it, it begins to lose its influence. It begins to lose its impact. I want to encourage you to live without hindrance, to find opposition, and, and seek to live into that opposition. On, on Zoom a few weeks ago, we, we talked about seeking out consequences, that Christians are people who seek out consequences. We seek opportunities for pushback. We, we seek to find places where the gospel is most opposed, and that's where we bring it. So, so I want to ask you, where do you find opposition against the message of Jesus in your life? Where do you find opposition? What friends are most antagonistic towards Jesus? What family members are, are, are most put, put off by the gospel? And I would encourage you, bring it to them. Obviously, do it in love. 
Do it in humility. Don't, don't do it trying to, trying to preach at them and, and show how you're so much holier and they're such evil, terrible people. But offer them in love. Offer them this gospel and, and see what God would do. See what God would do with, with this message. The mission is the message. So see what God would do. Live on mission. See what God would do with it. it we find Acts 21, 24. Some were convinced, others disbelieved. Some were convinced, but others disbelieved. This has always been the pattern of gospel preaching. This has always been the pattern of sharing the message of Jesus. Some believe, others don't. And so what we do with this is it's not up to us to make our friends and family believe the gospel. It's not up to us to force belief on someone else. It's up to us to just preach, be bold, be honest, be true, be loving, do all we can, and then trust the Lord to do his work. I want to encourage you, the pressure is off you, trademark. The pressure is off you. All you have to do is open your mouth, speak, proclaim your truth, proclaim the message that God has given you and the circumstance that God will give you an opportunity, and trust God to do the work. Trust God to, to, to bring belief. Trust God to open eyes. I mean, this is Paul that we're talking about. We, we, we remember how his story started. He was on the road killing Christians. And yet now at the end, he's preaching the gospel without hindrance. If God can save Paul, surely God can save your parents or your siblings or your friends. If God can save Paul, God can save anyone. So I want to encourage you, open your mouth, proclaim your message, and trust God with what comes next. Trust God with the results. Some believed, others doubted. And there's nothing that you can do to change that. You just have to trust God to do his work. We, we don't worry about converting people. That's the Spirit's job. All we do is preach. I'll leave you with this, trademarks. What is Acts 29? How, how are you going to live out the message of this book? How are you going to carry forth this mission? We don't get a, a good storybook ending to Acts 28. We, 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 don't, we don't get a nice ending of it. And then Paul lived long and happily ever after. We also don't get, and then Paul was crucified for his faith. We, we, we don't get an ending because the story doesn't end here. The, the story of the kingdom of God, the story of the church, doesn't end in the book of Acts, but it carries on into the ages. You and I are living in Acts chapter 29. And, and now we have an incumbent responsibility to say, how am I going to live this mission? How am I going to live like Paul lived? How am I going to live like Peter and John lived? How am I going to live like these great men of faith in Scripture lived? How am I going to answer this call and this challenge? Am I going to rise to the occasion and speak truth? Or am I going to continue to live in mediocrity? Am I going to take advantage of the situations that God puts me in? Or am I going to cop out when the time comes? The choice is yours. The choice is ours. We are presented daily with opportunities to preach Christ. And it's up to us to do it faithfully. Acts 29 is up to us. Obviously through the power of the Spirit. Obviously through the power of God. We don't work on our own strength or our own power. But it's up to us to preach. It's up to us to proclaim the message of Jesus. It's up to us to proclaim that the kingdom of God is advancing in the world and will not stop. So trademark, I want to encourage you, 
live in an Acts 29 reality. Live in the reality of Scripture. Live in the reality of Jesus working in you and through you. That the Holy Spirit and, and the works that Jesus did aren't just for this time in this book, but they're for you in your life. Today, tomorrow, the next day, the next week, for the rest of your life, you can live in this power. You can live in this kingdom reality. Will you do it? Will you step in? Will you engage? The choice is yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the rich truth of scripture. Thank you for the ways that it encourages us, that, 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 that it trains us, it, it teaches us, it speaks to our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would grab a hold of your mission that we would grab a hold of this message in Scripture, that we would make this message our mission, that we would live for you, we would live for your kingdom, we would live bold lives giving our full allegiance to you, and that everything else would fall to the wayside in pursuit of your kingdom and your glory, and that we would expand that message and would proclaim it to the ends of the earth, wherever we find ourselves, that we would live on mission proclaiming this message. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunities that we have daily. We pray that you would open our eyes. I pray for, your, for, for our students right now. Would you open their eyes to opportunities that exist in their life? Would you open their eyes to friends, to family members, to, to, to people in their life that they can speak this message to, help them to live on mission, Give them a passion. Give them a fire. Give them a boldness to carry this message forth. We love you, God. We thank you. It's for your beautiful name and your glorious fame that we pray. Amen. Trademark, I love you. Thanks for tuning in to this series. I can't wait for what's next. Jesus, you are better than anything in this world. I love you, Trademark. Be blessed.